I was invited to men's group by a coworker. When I got there, everybody made me feel very welcome, including Pastor Joseph. I didn't even know he was a pastor, and here I am. Since my time at Common Bond, I've come to know God in a deeper and more personal way. And as we discuss the Bible, He gives me structure and discipline that lets me hear from God and know the plan that He has for my life. This leap of faith has made me more dependent on God's words and promises. It's taught me to serve all people in every area of my life. At Common Bond Church, you'll connect with God through authentic relationships. You'll begin to discover more about God than you've ever experienced before and you'll begin to grow in your faith, your relationship, and your identity with God so that you can begin to lead for God by sharing His truth and love with others. This amazing experience is a place where you too can connect, discover, grow, and lead for God here at Common Bond Church. I'm excited to be able to worship the Lord this morning, and I am humbly appreciative that you've joined me today to worship with me. And so without further ado, let's just get into our worship. If you are at home right now with me, I would love for you to get into our chat room, say hello, say good morning to whoever is with us worshiping. I would also love for you to get up out of your chairs, get up out of your sofas, get up out of your beds, and begin to worship the Lord together. Let's begin to just thank him for all the good things that he is doing in our life. Man, we've got so much to be grateful for, so much to be appreciative of. God has given us breath. He's given us life. He's put food on our table. He has blessed us with some great family and friends in our life. And so let's just give God the thanks that he has for us. And most importantly, he's given us salvation. He's given us the gift of Jesus Christ. And for nothing else, we can give God the thanks and glory for that. Let's begin to worship the Lord right now. God, we come to you today giving you glory for every way that you made out of no way when it seemed impossible and that we weren't going to make it through. We thank you, God. We give you our praise. We give you the glory. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. Standing here knowing how we'll get through this test but holding on to faith you know best cause nothing can catch you by surprise you got this figured out and you're watching us now and when it looks as if we can't win in your arms and step in and everything we need you supply you got this in control and now we know that you made a way when our backs were against the wall and it looked as if it was over you you made Standing here on 
Just recently, I was walking down the street in a neighborhood that I wasn't quite familiar with. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel comfortable. I looked all around me. The buildings were dilapidated. It felt as though the neighborhood was abandoned. I decided to walk toward the corner store. I thought that I might get a little bit of peace and a little bit of comfort from the feelings that I was having at that time. Well, as I approached this corner store, I saw some intimidating men standing right at the doors. So I thought to myself, this is not a good idea. I need to walk away and actually get out of there as fast as I could. Well, as I walked away from that corner store, I looked back and I saw that the men were now actually coming in my direction. It looked like they were coming directly for me and towards me. Well, as they got a little bit closer and closer and closer, I began to feel as though that the bad thing that I thought could happen was now about to happen. And then I woke up. My heart was racing and it was beating extremely fast. I wanted to share with you that dream, that illustration, because it gives us a picture of depravity, the results of sin in this world, the corruption that actually exists in our world. The Bible describes depravity as this describes the difficulties, it describes the hardships, it describes the sickness, the violence, all the things that are hard in our world. It is the corruption that is the result of sin. That is depravity. And I wanted to give that picture to you so that you can have an image just as I had the image, because I had that image of fear, intimidation, loneliness, abandonment. And those are the thoughts sometimes that we have while we're living in this world. And as we live in this world with those kind of feelings, man, we have a beautiful reality as God's chosen people to know that there will be comfort for us. Today, I want to read for you one of the powerful Beatitudes that is found in the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4 says that blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. In a world, again, that is full of depravity, full of corruption that actually makes us mourn. You know, God tells those who follow him, again, look at verses one and two to see who this word is actually referring to. Those who follow Christ Jesus, God calls us blessed. And he says that blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And so I wanted to ask you today as we get started and think about this word that God has for us, what do you mourn about? What do you grieve about? What are you full of sorrow about in this world? You know, when you watch the news, uh, when you see people who are hurting, when you see the violence of this world, when you watch about what's happening in the pandemic, do you begin to mourn? When you go into neighborhoods and you see the crime and the dilapidation of buildings, you know, do you mourn? When you look at your own personal life and you see the sickness that is in your body, you know, the sickness that is all around us, do you mourn? When you see the conditions of this world that are not of the Garden of Eden reality, do you begin to mourn? I wanted to share with us today that whenever we decide to mourn, 
We are having the heart of God. And, and that's why I'm sharing this message with you today, because I believe that God wants us to have his heart for this world. It is so easy for us to have a callous heart. It's so easy for us to have a heart of stone when we see the conditions of this world over and over again. When you turn on any kind of Instagram, Facebook page, you're going to see something hard and something difficult that we experience. And you can continue to just scroll down. When we turn on the news, we're going to hear about a shooting. We're going to hear about a traffic incident. We're going to hear about something hard in this world. And it's going to create a kind of hardness in our heart. But I wanted to share with us today that God desires his people, those who follow after him, to have a heart that actually mourns for this world. You know, God wants us to look at the conditions that are all around us and to begin to weep just as he wept. In John chapter 11, verse 35, that's exactly what Jesus Christ did. I want to read that verse for you. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me because I want you to see uh, one of the greatest verses of the Bible, the, also the shortest verse of what Jesus did in the midst of the world that he actually lived in. Verse 35 of John chapter 11 says simply that Jesus wept. You know, why was Jesus mourning? Why was Jesus full of sorrow? He knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. So why was he weeping? He was weeping because of the corruption of the world. He was weeping because sickness was simply there. He was weeping because others were actually looking at this condition of Lazarus and they were mourning. They were mourning because death was ever present in their world, ever present in their reality. He wept because he understood that this wasn't a perfect plan, a desirable plan for anybody, even for God. He wept because we should weep too when we ever, whenever we see the kind of conditions that we live in just like that conditions of sickness, conditions of death. We weep because that's the heart of God. And there's a second verse of scripture that I want to show you about the heart of God and how he looks at this world that we actually live in. Matthew chapter 26, verse 38, shows Jesus being full of sorrow. The Bible tells us that when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's asking Peter and James and John to come and pray with him because he is about to go to his death. He is about to go to the cross. He knows that he's about to be beaten. He knows he's about to be crucified. He knows the pain that he must endure. He knows the weight of the world that is on his shoulders. And what is he doing? The Bible says in verse 38, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to the point of death. The weight of the world was on his shoulders and he wept. And he mourned for the world that we actually live in, the world that he was living in. I just wanted to share with you today that God wants us to have that kind of heart with him for the world. I want us to think about our neighborhoods, our cities, this country, this world even, and think about the ways that we can actually mourn for it, the ways that you do mourn for it. I want you to think about those that are around you as well. You know, those who are not following the plan that God has for their life. And I want to ask you, do you mourn for those individuals? I want you also to think about your own life and think about the ways that you are not following God as he so commanded, as he does so desired. And I want to know, do you mourn for your own sin? So I would love for us to get together right now and begin to pray. I'm going to pause 
It may be awkward, may be uncomfortable, but this is just a great opportunity for us to have this kind of heart that God actually has for this world. So let's begin to pray now. After we have a couple of minutes of prayer, I'll come back and pray for us together. Amen. now pray together. Dear Lord, thank you so much for what you have shared with us today. This heart that we can have as your followers, as your people. Thank you for what you are sharing with us to have a new heart, a better heart, a heart that is conformed to your ways and to your will. Lord, we desire to have the heart of compassion, the heart of mercy that you have, where you wept over this world. You wept over its conditions. You wept over sin. You wept over death. You wept over the hardships that we must face also in this world. And Lord, we are asking that you give us that same kind of heart because we know that if we are like you, that that is the best place that we could ever be in our life. Lord, the Bible actually shares with us, even in the midst of times that we live in, that if your people would pray, and that we would submit ourselves to you, that you would begin to heal the land. And so Lord, we wanna be that kind of people today that has a response from you because we are mourning over the land. We are mourning over our nation. We are mourning over our neighborhoods. We are mourning over the, the wickedness and the violence that is currently present. Lord, give us a heart that desires you to be first place in our life, where we go second and you go first. Lord, we submit ourselves today as your people and we begin to pray over the conditions of our neighborhoods, the conditions of our cities, the conditions of this world and the condition of our nation. Lord, we pray over it. Lord, we ask that you turn the heart of men and women towards you, that you give us a heart that chooses your way and your obedience above all things, that we no longer desire to have our way, but we truly Truly want to have your way. Lord, we also begin to ask you that you would heal the land from sickness, that you would heal the land from death and disease. Lord, we are praying the blessing upon our life that you, we would receive it because we are mourning over the conditions of this world right now. Lord, we also are praying over our own personal life. Lord, we want to be reminded of the time when we first met you on our road to Damascus, where we were at the well and you actually poured into our life, just as you poured into the woman of Samaria. Lord, remind us of that goodness where you revealed revelation, you revealed light. You told us that we were your own and we were loved and we were special in you and you changed us for the new. You changed us for the better. Lord, remind us that there is no better place in our life than that time where you actually fill us. And so Lord, when we walk not in the pathway that you have for us, Lord, fill us with grief, fill us with sorrow, 
Give us a heart of repentance to live the way that you so desire us to live. And Lord, we pray for so many more things in the matchless name of Christ Jesus. You know, the greatest day of any person, of any Christian, is the day when we actually meet Christ Jesus. Because it's the day when who we were is now met with who God actually wants us to be. We are able to receive the new and better life that God desires us to have for all of eternity. For some of us, it could be a road to Damascus experience, where at first we are full of pride, we are full of arrogance, but we meet Christ Jesus just as the Apostle Paul met Christ Jesus. And we recognize that God is bigger, God is greater, God is mightier than who we ever imagined him to be. And he leads us onto a pathway of repentance that actually changes our life forever for the good. It could also be that day where the Samaritan woman met Christ Jesus at the well. A woman who felt unloved, abandoned, but she met Christ Jesus and she received new hope and a new promise for her life. A man that revealed everything that he was to her in a way that gave her something that she never had before. That's the God that we serve. The greatest day of any Christian is that day when we meet Christ Jesus because it leads us to a new kind of repentance. And I'm reminding us today to always think about that day. Always think about the day where we looked at who we used to be and God actually broke our heart and he shared with us who we can be in him because that is the kind of sorrow that he wants us to have every single day in our life. When we think about the world that we live in, when we think about our friends and our family that are not walking with God, when we think about those times that we actually walk away from the plan that God has for our life, he wants us to be reminded to have that godly sorrow again. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, the Apostle Paul shares with us that godly sorrow produces grief that leads to salvation but worldly sorrow leads to death. What's he saying? He's saying to us, the pathway to our comfort begins when we have this kind of godly sorrow for our world, for the people that are around us, and also for our lives. And so today I wanted us to think about having godly sorrow in our own personal lives, recognizing the way sometimes that we don't go toward the plan that God desires us to have, and we begin to weep for it. We begin to mourn for our own personal life because that godly sorrow will lead us to a repentance that actually leads to salvation. But that salvation is not just for us. When we have this same kind of godly sorrow for our friends, for our family, for those that we know are not following the plan that God has for as well, we know also that the word of God is true, that our prayers and our submission and our intercession for their lives will also lead to repentance that leads to salvation. And that God also is saying the same thing for our nation, for our world, for our neighborhoods, that God desires us to be praying over them consistently all the time because that kind of prayer is going to lead to repentance that actually leads to salvation as well. Well, I thank you for praying with me today. I thank you for also tuning in I believe that it is such an important time for us as we begin the year just to present ourselves with open hands and open heart before God. I believe he's going to bless us this year with a kind of life, a new and better life that we so desire to have through Christ Jesus. Amen. Surrender my life to Christ.